This week on VoiceOver Voices, we discuss how to handle a redirect, changing your name, moving to America, knowing your value, warm-ups, working in radio, doing the work, tenacity, and we use the S word, just heads up for those with little ones about. Shh. Okay. Hello and welcome to VoiceOver Voices, the podcast where we delve into the wordy world of voiceovers and voice artists. My guest this week is a voice artist, actor and comedian, the very delightful Ella James. Ella moved from Australia to the US in 2013 and now lives in LA. She's one of our finest and most experienced voice artists. Ella began working in voiceovers with the advent of Interactive Voice Response, or IVR. Think corporate or government phone systems. Her deep, velvety voice made her the queen of IVR, with exactly the kind of soothing tone clients were looking for when customers called. This work took Ella to Tokyo to record one of the first smart car voice systems, and her voice is currently the GPS voice in 75% of cars internationally. Amongst many things, Ella worked as a radio announcer at Today FM, 2GB2UE and 702 ABC Radio Sydney and did a stint as a helicopter traffic reporter. She also broadcast to troops in Somalia and Cambodia for the Department of Defence. And as times changed, so did Ella. She picked up more voiceover work in advertising and TV, including promos for Arena and then Bio at Foxtel for over 20 years. Then Ella discovered acting. Just as the advertising world wanted less announcery style reads and a more personable style. This meant even more commercial work for radio and TV. Clients include Toyota, Mitsubishi, McDonald's, and promos for TV channels 9, 7, 10, and ABC Radio. Not one to rest on her laurels, Ella also turned her talents to comedy and began a career in stand-up, making it to the finals of the Raw Comedy Festival. Alongside her acting and voiceovers, her comedy career continues to this day, with her one-woman show, Unmistakably Ella, running for 17 weeks in LA, pre-lockdown, and then streamed internationally. And what's more, when Ella is not working in the studio doing voiceovers or on stage doing comedy, she can be seen on US TV shows such as Catfish, playing the catfish. I've only scratched the surface of Ella's extraordinary life and career. So, without further ado, welcome to VoiceOver Voices, Ella James. Oh, Kathy Ogden, it's so exciting to be here and listening to that. No wonder I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I've never heard it. I've never heard it listed like that, and it's like, um, wow. You yeah. Know, because so much of our time as artists is spent. 
judging ourselves. Are we enough? Are we doing enough? Are we oh, good enough? Or yeah. compare despair. Am I as good as them? Am I better than them? Are they better than me? And, and of course, you look back and you, and you think, what a waste of time that was when you think, just do it, you know. Like, yeah. you, you never know. I mean, some nights with the one-woman show, I had a, a full house. Other nights, I had like six people in the audience. Mm. Um, but I still ran it for 17 weeks. Um, so, you know, it's, and, and I'm so glad I did. But, yes, thank you. It's great to be here and <laughs> lovely to speak to you on oh. your highly successful podcast. Oh, what can I say? You know. <laughs> thank you. Oh, look, I've been looking forward to this for ages and I do appreciate it. It's just so good to be here. It's, and finally we're doing it. I know, finally, after all the things that have sort of got in the way and now we're finally here, which is a wonderful and beautiful thing. So thank you very much. And there's a weird time difference because you're in L.A. and I'm in Sydney and so you're actually so Seven hours ahead of me, but yesterday. Seven, yeah, 17. 17 so it's like hours if yesterday behind, was yeah. just tomorrow <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so I want to go right back to where you started. You started in doing IVRs when they first sort of happened, which is an. The is whole radio correct? thing. Yeah. The whole radio thing happened first. Oh, radio happened first. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Got so um, I was driving around with my mother one day to buy a VCR in our Tarman um, <laughs> back in the days when there was either VCR or Beta. Beta. Yep. And uh, an ad came on the radio from Two CH. Do the Two CH radio announcers course. And Mum said, um, and she's very very English. Um, although from the north of north of England, she had this very affected kind of accent. She said, "Oh, you could do that," and um, and so I rang them up and they said, "Oh, we've already got our ten people, but you know, uh, send us in an audition." So I did that, and they rang and said, "We'd like to make you number 11, which was so nice. Oh wow! And well, based on I think on the strength of my voice, because I basically came out of the womb like this, <laughs> and. <laughs> And um, anyway, so so I did the 2CH radio announcers course and then I worked in community radio at 2NSB FM and my boyfriend at the time was the cart boy, which radio people will know. They're the ones that, that put the the commercials on um, from tape onto these cartridges with starts and stops uh, so that they can be played on air. And he was the cart boy and he was listening to my radio show one day on 2NSB FM and um, Ronnie Sparks walked past at 2UW and said, who's a chick? <laughs> and, uh, and, and Peter said, uh, oh, that's, uh, that's my girlfriend. And uh, he said, oh, get her to come in. So I was waiting one morning, a Monday morning, for an appointment to see him and they were relaunching the station as Magic 11. And very sadly, Pam Mackay, his sister-in-law, who had come up from Melbourne for the launch to be the afternoon newsreader, was in a terrible car accident. Oh, no. And he needed to replace her as a newsreader very quickly. So at 12.30, I was announced as the new afternoon newsreader. Mm. And he said, can you read news? And I crossed my fingers behind my back and said, oh, yeah, sure, which I've done wow. a lot of in my career. And that's how I wound up. Uh, reading news and so I read news and then when Pam came back I became a cadet journalist and my first on-air job was the last day of the inquest into the death of Donald McKay with me on a red telephone speaking to Keith Chalmers in the newsroom saying I can't see Robert Trimboli and him saying well what does he look like and I'm like I oh, don't they all look the same <laughs> 
I think back on it now, I was terrified. I suffered from imposter syndrome that wasn't really imposter syndrome because I really didn't know what I was doing. But there were so many people in that newsroom who really helped me out, like Tim Webster, Les Thompson, Glenn Roach, Keith Chalmers, David Stevenson. I mean, you know, they were just really, they were so helpful and I, I could read news so well. And I can type at 120 words a minute. Oh my so, so I was always the late-breaking news person. But when it came to one ear, I have a funny story, if I may tell you. Please. Um, they, I they have no a... idea about any of this, so I'm just like, oh, yeah. Ooh, you're blowing yeah. my this mind was, right this now. This this well, this will lead into the voiceover. So, um, wow. so, okay. so I'm on air, and they uh, let me know on the intercom that they're going to be bringing in a late-breaking uh, sports story. And, uh, and so they bring in this piece of paper and put it in front of me, and I uh, switch the microphone back on and say, and now to the latest sporting news. And uh, Polish, what, 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 what? What, what, what? I could not say the name because it's spelt W O T J E K, which I now know is Wichek. Wichek Fibek had advanced to the finals. And um, and this was uh, this was with Baz and Pilko, who were the breakfast announcers. Um, so it's dating me, but I mean they were like the kings of Adelaide radio for many years, and then moved to Sydney. Right. And they were like. What's his name? What? 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 And I and I just I got a complete stutter over it, and I couldn't do anything about it, you know. But upstairs from Two UW was a very well-known voiceover business called Top Spots. Oh yes, and it was run by a guy called Brian Newington. Yeah. So he ran Top Spots and adjacent to that was the 2UW Magic 11 production studio and that was run by Bill Darling. And one day they came to get me in the newsroom and they said, oh, we need this um, tag for, it needs a woman's voice for the tag. Will you do it? And I said, yes. And I think it was about six years later I discovered that people actually get paid for doing that. Um, (laughs) But I was there, I then became their go-to. And that's okay because that's like, I don't know how people learn now, you know, like, I would shudder to play you my first demo because I had no idea what I was doing. But I, I then did that. And also in the building was Grace Gibson Productions, mm-hmm. which now does Cactus um, mm-hmm. with uh, Robin Moore et al. And I did one of their radio series, The Castle Ray Line, and I was the receptionist. Oh, wow. So it was, it was a, a baptism by fire, but I got to do everything, you know. Gosh, Ella. I mean, it took me 15 years to get a, an, a, an agent. I knocked on Kathy Evans' door when she was at RNK <laughs> and knocked and knocked and knocked and, and she kept saying, look, we've got, we've got uh, Joey Moore, we've got Gretel Colleen, you sound like other people that we've got. Mm. And it wasn't until Mark Morrissey and Kathy Evans started Morrissey Voices in 96, 94. Mm-hmm. Must have um, been I think you're in London. Four. No, no, no. Um, I don't know, but it was sometime in that period. So it must have been maybe maybe it was 94, 93, 94, something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, when I was were, yeah. always, if you're going to typecast a voice, I've always sounded like I was born in the 1930s. Um, Do you think? And although, well, look, I was raised in Australia but by a very British mother, so I've always been very articulate. Yeah. And... Although, you know, I've done promos for Triple M, so I can I can pull on the Bondi if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but largely this is how I speak, 
Uh, I also, I was a great newsreader and a radio announcer. So I, if somebody says, now do a voiceover, I'm like, and the valley was green with the car, like I sound like I talk. <laughs> so so when they'd say, sound more like a real person, I'd go, I'm getting very offended now. This is me being a real person. Like if I had sex, it would be not there, darling. So, <laughs> you know, I say if. Oh but I... <laughs> So I lent myself very much to the explosion of IVR and, uh, gotcha. and I, I got the job with what was then, I think, the State Bank of New South Wales mm-hmm. um, recording all the voice prompts for what was then an info bot. And it was a phone receiver, the old-fashioned handset, mm-hmm. plugged into a computer. And, um, <laughs> and the guy that I was doing it for, Sully, um, he would say, right, everybody in the office, shut up. Ella's going to do something now. And, uh, and I'd go, press one for this, press two for that. And, then they, and somebody would titter in the back and he'd go, oi, I told you. So then we'd have to do it all again. It was great fun. So when I couldn't get a job in radio, I wound up uh, on air uh, because there were no women being used, um, you know, in music or talk presenting roles. They still aren't. They're rare as hen's teeth. And yeah. even if they're on breakfast radio, they've just got a first name and mm-hmm. they're part of the Boopsie Bunny and Bing Bing Club, you know. <laughs> um, not, <laughs> yeah, anyway. So uh, power to the women. Yeah. But um, So I went in radio sales and I was quite good at salesmanship. And, uh, and so that was fun. But my particular thing was to work with Jeff and Jenny Ailing, who had a business called Wham, which yeah. provided jingles. Mm-hmm. And did you sing for them ever? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Wham was Take Me Away P&O. TDK does amazing things to my system. Yeah. Um, good on your mum, tip top's the one. So they were jingle creators. And what was really good in sales is that you would generally, people always have an advertising budget but you have to try and get it away from print or TV or online and bring it into radio. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, the best thing to do was create a uh, jingle because then they had something that said their business and was theirs and they were less likely to spend all that money on a print budget when they could hear their own jingle on the radio mm-hmm. and tell all their friends about it. So Jeff and Jenny were fabulous, um, but Jeff got me into Kathy. He recorded my demo and approached Kathy personally and said, you know, I think you should take her on. And Kathy said, oh, you know, we've tried, but la, 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 la. And, um, and then I rang and said, look, I've got this client. I don't mind pulling the clients in if you can negotiate the deal. So that's how we started. Got it. Oh, my goodness. I Hustle just, City. I, I mean, you've already lived about five lives just in that, <laughs> in that well, sort of I started 15 working, period. But I started working when I was nine. We were living in housing permission out at La Perouse. Mum had been in a very bad car accident and they thought that she was going to become paralysed. Oh, and um, she'd been selling real estate and could not do that anymore because she couldn't drive clients out to properties. Yeah. So she started selling typewriters for Olympia. And, um, and then she got fired from there and was selling stock data graphics, handheld dictaphone machines that she'd had no idea what she was doing. But one of her clients was a private detective in Rose Bay. And he said, would you like to do a Saturday job for me serving subpoenas? So on a Saturday morning, <laughs> mum would throw me, I know, mum would throw me in the Tirana. You were nine? Yeah, I was nine. Serving I was nine. subpoenas. Well, I wasn't. You see, I would sit in the car and I would read the maps and, you know, left here, right there, which is funny because then I turned into a, half, a helicopter reporter and I knew Sydney, which was, you know, 
and um, and then I I became the GPS for it. But so that's what I would oh do. And okay. and Mum would, as I say, she had legs like a racehorse, very slim, very beautiful in a very Catherine Hepburn way. Mm. And she would toddle up somebody's driveway with a subpoena behind her back, and knock on the door. And this guy would answer it, you know, in his wife beater and his and his boxes. <laughs> and um, I may have rewritten this story, but it makes it better. Yeah. And um, and she would say, you know, are you John Smitharian? And he'd say, yeah, and, um, and she'd slap it, the, the subpoena into his hands and say, you've been served. And then she'd run like the clappers down the driveway and say, open the door, open the door. And that was my job to lean over and open the door. And being nine, I mean, I could barely, you know, get over the handbrake. So, you know, and then after school, it was just expected that I would stick stamps on envelopes and open envelopes and, you know, run to the post office. And and then, you know, throughout my radio and voiceover career, until mum sold the business when she was 70, I did work concurrently in it. It was a conveyancing wow. business that, um, that she then morphed into and, and was very successful. But it was a very different world. So if I did breakfast news at um, 2WS from 4am to midday, I was expected to be in the office by one. And Four a.m. to midday. What? Wait. You were sp- so you expected if to I be in the office. If I did the breakfast shift okay, from four so till midday, right, then I'd right. expect to be in her office at one o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so it was tough, you know. Um, that is tough, but goodness, you've just no wonder you still just go for. It. I mean, you just go for it. You're one of those people that just goes, hmm, done that. What's what's next? Let me let me try something else. So, do you want to talk about life in LA? Yes, I do, I do, I do. But I want to do our first little tour in a booth. We need to do a script. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. Can let we me do open that? my. Yes, 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 yes. So let's start with this script. I think I tried to write a tour in a booth. Sometimes the scripts come really fast, and sometimes they don't. And I tried this several times, and then I finally got this one, and it basically turns into a punning competition at the end almost. But um, if you have a look right down, you'll see at the very end it says tag Ella, regular retail read. So that's yep. your tag. After. So, um, I love that. <laughs> so we are basically a couple of fish. Lovely. We are Banksy and Tolstoy. We're hanging around in a tank and basically this is just a setup for a uh, for the tag. But um, yep. I'd like you to have a quick look through the script and maybe you can be you can be either, doesn't matter, Banksy or Tolstoy. Is there is there a voice that springs to mind? Do you want to be American? Do you want to be a kid? Do you want to be I might do him from like Brooklyn. What about this like kind of little somewhere like that? But I don't I, I don't that. mind which one. Okay. Do you mind if I like I'm abroad. You know I just auditioned as um Larry David's mother. How can I possibly be Larry David's mother? <laughs> I'm like younger than him. But I'm a Hollywood 42. But I was like, Morty, Morty, shut the window. I absolutely love that. Okay. All right. So, so why I'll be either character with that you kind be of accent. You be Banksy. Okay. I'll be Tolstoy. And, well, I guess I'll be American as well so we can be in the same part of the world. I'll just, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm just going to. I'm just going to go with uh, just with this. Whatever this is, I'm going with it. I, I think I've okay. gone down your street. I like it, but okay. I like it. That's going to keep I us can't both help in it. it you I'm know? a mimic. I like it. Are you doing a lot of hands? If you're doing a you're lot of hands, we're on the hands. same page. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I love this. Okay, okay. let's Ready? just, just okay. do it. Hey, Tolstoy. What? Over here. 
The haunted treasure chest. Yep, what do you want, Banksy? Have you noticed anything weird about the tan lately? It's disgusting? No, I mean, yes, that it's disgusting. Yep, what do you want to do about it? Well, we protest. How? We, we go on strike. We're fish, Banksy. How do we go on strike? I haven't thought that through. We could play dead? And end up in the toilet? Whoa, you're right. That's a bad idea. Yeah, I know, I know. We play the sympathy chord. <gasps> yes! Next time she comes close, we gulp slowly and helplessly at the surface like we're gasping for air. Perfect! <laughs> Works every time. You're so clever. I bet you went to school. <laughs> yeah, but I still have a lobster learn. <laughs> Stop it! You're crawling me! <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it! I was prawn this way! <laughs> Shh. She's coming. Up we go! <laughs> Are your fish fed up? Is your filter faulty and your fish tank funky? Come to Pet Palace. We have a full array of tanks, toys, and treats for all your fishy, furry, or feathered friends. Grumpy goldfish, pouty parrot, bored budgie, churlish chickens. We'll find exactly what you need to perk up your pampered pets and make their life playful and perfect. Come to Pet Palace. It's paradise for pets. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> that was brilliant. There was so much fun. Did I get the job? Yeah, you did. Yeah, oh, Ella James, you got the job. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. One for the um, real, honey. One for the real. Oh, yeah. my gosh, that was amazing. That was so uh, much fun. Your accent is perfect. I was, I was all over the place. But wow, wow, that was so. I spend a lot of money on my accents. Really? I mean, I yeah, I go to dialect coaches all the time because ah. there's you don't you don't want that CBS network executive when you get when you finally get into a network audition to say yeah, but you know we keep thinking you're Australian or there's a doubt. You know? Yeah. They yeah. they want it. I mean, it used to be like you'd go in for um, an audition here. And it was, do I walk in as an Aussie and then dazzle them with my accent or do I walk in as an American and do the accent and not even tell them I'm an Aussie? Like, it was all of this feeling. And, of course, now it's self-tape. It doesn't even matter um, because we're not going in for any face-to-face -face auditions. But you've got to – you can't just live here and stick an R on the end of stuff. No, 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 no. no. You know? And uh, the <laughs> – the, the words that I had, you know, when I first arrived, I was staying at a, a bed and breakfast on Hawthorne Boulevard or Hawthorne Boulevard. And wow. I could not get my mouth around Hawthorne Boulevard. Yeah. Um, it was Hawthorne. And, and my host was always saying, where are you going? I can't work it out. <laughs> um, and so, you know, similarly, um, I mean, I've got dialect coaches that I rely on all around the world now for depending on what it is that I need, because I'd rather invest the money and get it right. I um, think I, I don't know. Yeah, did you see Mayor of Yes, Mayor I, of you know, I was just thinking yeah, of that. just thinking. I was yeah, exactly, Kate Winslet. Yeah, oh, she was incredible. Yeah, and, yeah. But, I mean, and as much as I, I love Guy Pearce so much, I could still hear he's Australian in there, and I don't know whether that was okay to, in that character, but... Um, well, I always hear it in Nicole Kidman too. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but I think... 
my American friends don't. Oh, that's good. So maybe we look for it. Maybe we do. But I think it behooves us as professionals to spend that money in professional development. Absolutely. And, and do the work because it, it's about mouth shape and it's yeah. also cadence. Mm-hmm. And emphasis on particular syllables or ends or yeah. beginnings of words or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. it's a lot of that stuff. It's funny. I, I think I'm a mimic and I, I haven't – I just spend my entire life boring my husband by – Speaking to him as a Russian or a German or a French person or a Brit or whatever. I was like. always Carol Channing. So Carol I totally Carol get Channing. Or Ethel Merman. <laughs> oh, there's no business like business show. Like show. Oh, business like oh, I know. I that was it. one of my first paid jobs for Warringah Mall Brookvale in the style of Ethel Merman. Really? Yes, it was. I'm so happy for you. That's brilliant. At Audio Brian. Yes, it was. Fantastic. A 40-second script to be read in 30 seconds. Oh, of course. Of course. The queen of speed. By the way. I can always squeeze in a bit extra, as I say. Absolutely. (laughs) Can't we all? Yeah. That's right. Can can you say it faster but make it sound slower? (laughs) So when we first met years ago, you had a different name. You were yes, I did. Deb Ellsworth. I was. So tell me about the cha- the name change. What? How did that come about? Well, I never liked my name. My my full name when I was born was Deborah Ryan, and then my mother married my stepfather when I was eleven, and I became Ellsworth. I was never known as Deborah. Uh-huh. I was known as Debbie, and I didn't feel like a Debbie, mm-hmm. and I hated Debbie. <laughs> and so as I grew older, I became Deb. But on radio, working on rusted on audiences on 2GB and 2UE, you know, the callers would call and say, hello, Beverly. And I'd say, no, no, it's Deb. Yes, that's right. Hello, Bev. (laughs) And um, I just didn't like it. And I also, uh, my stepfather was not um, not a particularly, not a nice man at all. And, uh, And I was eager to get away from that name, didn't want to go back to my birth father's name, didn't, anyway. So I was at 2GB one day and this numerologist and herbalist by the name of Eileen Whitaker, who had worked with Princess Diana and they had just written a book together. She came into 2GB for an interview with Mike Jeffries, I think it was, and um, and I was there waiting to do the traffic because that's what women do. <laughs> and um, it's like turning turning the letters on Wheel of Fortune or yeah, know, yeah, family feud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's okay. It, I certainly being a woman and getting those jobs kept me alive, so I should be grateful. Yeah, um, but it, I was. Yeah, and that yeah. and that body of experience, not not just yeah. not just using your voice, but also just dealing with humans. Oh my gosh, in radio. Oh, look, I oh I had God. more men How in radio than it? most people have had dinners. You know, <laughs> I mean, when you think of it. Um, oh. I mean, I'm just thinking uh, Clive Robertson, John Pierce, oh, yes. uh, Gibbo, Jeffries, um, Laws, Jones, um, John Stanley, Mike Carlton, Stan Zamanek, oh, um, wow. Trevor Sinclair, George Moore, Bazin Pilko, Tony Hartney, Mike Hammond. Oh, gosh, my, I can't remember his name. Williams, oh, he's going to hate me. Anyway, ah. he probably already does. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were lots of, there were, it was just a, um, you know. That you even always. survived and, and didn't want to just blow up well, the world. I don't know. It just had The off. book can't be written because I'd get sued. Yeah, But it, it, of it would be fascinating. Absolutely. Well, I think it would be fascinating. Um, it is it when I tell as, it at dinner parties. Yes, but you could write it as a novel. 
Ella. Oh yes, uh, but don't. Totally this is, this has it. come up last week. You know, you've got to use a nom de plume, and I said hey, everybody in Australia would know who I was talking about. Oh you know? yeah, but you know, but people anyway, do get away with it doing that. Anyway, they do. Yeah, it's they such, do. It's such an interesting story, and it's a kind of important story because I think because that level of misogyny and and those little kingdoms that those men build uh, with their audiences and the and the oh gosh, I yeah, it needs to be told. I think. <laughs> it was it was um it was very distressing and it yeah. and at the end of it I did have therapy and Gosh, I'm um, not surprised and I'm so glad I did to come to terms with just a, every day going to work was like a battle yeah absolutely. and there was no there was no one that I could go to for mentorship that was the worst thing. Well, I'm thinking in, particularly in, in terms of places like 2UE where, you know, you're doing nights yeah. and you're filling in for Brian Bury on afternoons and so you're doing the work and you have been a journalist and you just don't have any um, space. You don't have yeah. a cohort. Got you know, it. Lots of fine women in radio, don't get me wrong, but it was just, it was different. It was really different. But anyway, anyway, I digress. So, so, Eileen yeah. Whitaker walked into yeah. the radio station and, and pointed at me and she said, what's your name? And I went, Deb Ellsworth. And she said, what's your real name? Deborah Ellsworth. And what's your date of birth? And I told her. And anyway, she just, broop, 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 off the top of her head, this is what happened when you were five. This is what happened when you were 11. This is what happened when you were 26. This, And I'm just like, my God, this is crazy, right? <laughs> she was spot on. Wow. And she said, you should come and work for me at my clinic in Macquarie Street. And uh, and she had like Pat Cash and Linda Evans and uh, James Bonds and God knows what, and, and Diana, you know. Anyway, wow. then uh, Diana uh, died mm. and and that just became absolutely awful. And I was between jobs. I'd been at 2GB and then I worked at Channel 10 for a program called Family Circle TV, FCTV, mm-hmm. with Penny Cook which was just so much fun Mm. and that lasted for 12 months and then I was ostensibly jobless and um, anyway I got in touch with her and and she said come and work with me so I did and then when I arrived she said I'd like to train you to do the numerology charts for the business but I'm not working with anybody with a name like Deb we're going to change your name Wow! And, and it all has to be changed based on each alphabetic letter has a corresponding number so a is one and uh, h is eight and it all has to balance out with your birth date and and so on so i became ella but i couldn't be ella ellsworth and i didn't want to be ella ryan that wouldn't work and her grandson walked past and his name was james there you go and i knew that that was so ella's a 663 james is a 663 together they give a six destiny which is good and so my name was born. Do you know two things about your name? One is it's a beautiful name. There's something about having a last name that's also a masculine first name, which I think is a lovely thing. Ella is one of my favourite names because Ella Fitzgerald is my favourite singer. But I've never met a James that I didn't like as well. There's something about yeah. that name. They're, it's they're well, always it's a six, just six, lovely three. People. They get on with everyone. <laughs> ah, they really do. There you yeah. go. So it's it's a beautiful, beautiful name. Weirdly, um, my name, Kathy Ogden, with an I, and that was a mistake. That was a choice I made when I was about Seven, I think. I decided I took that. the Y away and mm. put an I because I thought it was cool. It's it's got one through nine in just Kathy Ogden is has got all of the numbers 
weirdly. I don't I, even know I, how that works. I haven't, I haven't done your name. Yeah, weird. I used to do people's names when, whenever they were coming into my circle, but I stopped doing it. And the reason I stopped doing it is that ultimately what I learned through numerology is that every minute of every hour of every day has the full one through nine. So, yeah. so when you are in a one year, which is new beginnings and new starts and so on, there are also elements of the nine, which is deaths, divorces, separations. See, there are also elements of the four, which is yeah. tests, trials, and frustrations. One step forward, two steps back. So, and this this combines with my recent spiritual studies that are all about just being present. Do that's, do that's, the best you can with what oh, you have at the moment. Exactly, and that's my thing. And I think um, you know, numerology can be extremely spot on. My problem with anything outside of living in the moment is that I'll project or I'll make assumptions or I'll mm. I'll wait for something to happen because you know based on if I know you're human. Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of, I kind of would rather rather not know. <laughs> I stop myself from going, hmm, I'm in a nine year, which means, and, uh, yeah, I just don't even, I don't go there. I mean, but, when so, you look back, you see you it. You see it, yeah. You see fine. it, yeah. but, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, I changed it by deed poll. There's no going back. I can't use that name anymore. Nobody ever had a problem. My mother, uh, who was quite old at that stage, said, I shall never get used to calling you Ella, Ella. <laughs> oh, sweet. And as she, your mum sounds she, amazing. Oh, she was. She Absolutely was. She was amazing. most of my show. Most wow. of my show. She just moseyed her way in. Oh um, but I, I lost her, which is one of the things that led me to the US. Um, okay. But there was something I was thinking of with the name that I was going to. Um, and and also, you know, I remember Kathy Evans saying, "Oh, you know, you can't you can't change your name. You know, you've you've spent all of these years building up a brand as Deb Ellsworth." And I said, "Well, I just rebuild the brand," and it actually became a, a good marketing tool because it was a talking point. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, gotcha. it was a way of saying in the studio, somebody would say, didn't you used to be? Yeah. And one guy did pull me in for some work based on my demo and I walked in and he said, I chose you because you sound exactly like Deb Ellsworth but you even look like her. <laughs> and I said, that's because I am her. And it really freaked him out, you know. It really it was just and I had to give him a hug because he got quite thingy. Oh, mm, I hadn't seen him for years. Oh. So, you know, but like all of these things, this business of, you know, being in the present and and not – uh, not allowing your projections or the ego and, and so on to say, oh, you know, that happened before, therefore it's going to happen again or yes, that yeah, awful yeah. thing of of it's a lesson, it's a lesson. It's not a bloody lesson, you know, just, yeah, yeah. you know, breathe in, breathe out, get on with it. That's about all any of us have got. You Absolutely. Know? So moving to LA, um, hats off for doing that. So what made you decide to do that? Because it, it started in 2010, um, am I right? Yeah, yeah. so... You know, and, and, and the people that I went to school with, um, who when I was at school I wanted to be a pharmacist, and if you if they're ever interviewed by New Idea when I get my Oscar, they'll be saying, oh, you know, she always wanted to be an actor. Mm. <laughs> um, and they're, they're kind of right. Like I went to six different primary schools, and my first day of every primary school, somebody would come up to me and say, will you be in our interview play? Uh, so uh. there was something and my mum discouraged it because as a single working mum she just couldn't pick me up after rehearsals and things so right. um and you know I just uh, towards the end of her life she said I never should have stopped you and I said well I'm doing it now and I did my first 
play the night she went into care. And uh-huh. that was because Pamela Giacchini, then a head of promos at SBS, where I was the promo voice, uh, she was rather trained and had travelled from the UK with her husband. And she said, I'm doing a staged reading at the new theatre and I'd like you for a couple of roles. And I said, I'm not an actor, honey. And she said, mm-hmm. oh, but I think you are. And Mark Morrissey had been trying to get me to act for years, but I was on this hell-bent, I'm going to be a radio announcer and a voice actor. Anyway, so I just let go and I and I did it and the cast came up to me afterwards and said, what have we seen you in? And I said, oh, well, I was Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar in 1973 at Camaray <laughs> Primary. You know, because I was like, Hey, I what? played Pontius Pilate in my high school production. <laughs> and this wasn't even an all-girls school. It was because none, none of the boys could sing deep enough. <laughs> Mine was a co-ed school too. <laughs> oh, just, my God. Anyway. We should get together and reenact that. Honestly, we should. So from so there I, I did some training with Kate Gall, um, the director of Siren Theatre who ran a fabulous class and I also did some stuff at the Actors' Centre and I just, I fell in love but I I thought, oh, I didn't go to NIDA, I didn't go to WAPA. Ugh. I don't have the experience because I, yeah. I was very much like that. Although I was on the outside, I was really confident. My inside was a bit mushy. Anyway, so then what started to happen was in the previous years, I had four dogs. So PJ died. She was a little Maltese, mm. six pounds. And then the next year, Johnny died of leukemia, also a Maltese. And then the year after that, Bubbles died. Mm. Um, And then a year after that, my mum died. Mm. And then a year after that, my precious headphones died. And um, he of the large ears, he looked like a cross corgi donkey. Okay, um, the dog's name was Headfoot. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Right. He was a rescue. And and I just said, look at the headphones on that. (laughs) So later that year, it was Christmas. And I have no partner, I have no children, I have an aunt in Tasmania at that stage, she's now gone, and I felt very sorry for myself. I'd been invited to a good friend's party and it was lovely and I had a blast and um, and all of that, but it's not it's not the same. And, and I thought, oh, I need to do something for myself. So I booked a trip to New York in May of 2010. And while I was there, I had the most sensational time being, I found the brother of a friend who showed me around all of these amazing bars where you knock three times and ask for Vinny. And I wound up sitting next to Christopher Walken, drinking an old fashioned and and saying to my friend, is that Christopher Walken? And he's like, yes, it is. Don't whisper so loudly. (laughs) You know, but it was all, it was just like that. It was amazing. And on my second last night there, I had, Uh, Been out for dinner. I caught the subway back from Columbus Circle down into Chelsea where I was staying at a bed and breakfast and it was 11 o'clock at night and 43 degrees Celsius and humid as heck and I thought I'm just going to call into a bar for a frozen margarita before I go to sleep, right? And I'm wearing a a caftan and they're beaded and they're very colourful and very bright and I was about 300 pounds at this stage. I'm not now... And I had always been larger than life, okay? So I um, I walk into this bar and as I'm reaching to pay, my elbow touches this woman's elbow and I say, I'm terribly sorry. And afterwards, she comes over to where I'm standing and she says, um, who are you? What are you? Are you <laughs> a British theatre actor or are you in the circus? Like, my God, what are you? And she was a talent producer for NBC. 
And she bought me a couple of drinks and she said, look, um, I think America would love you. I think you should. Uh, I think you should move over, and I'd like to help. And I rang Mark Morrissey, who was at that stage in Cannes with one of his people, and I said, "Guess what just happened to me?" <laughs> and he said, "You've got to get the visa. You've got to get the visa." So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get the visa. So I came over here on the same visa as Melania. Um, we both share an interest in incomplete architecture and marrying people without checking their tax status. <laughs> Um, so it was darling. Um, uh, that, that is another story. Another story. Um, so, so yeah, I got um, I got the visa, and then I uh, before I moved over here, I came over and I had a number of what are called generals, and that is where you your agents put you together with various important people who are there to just meet with you and see if you're the kind of person they're looking for, kind of thing. So I had some very significant uh, generals with people like DreamWorks Studios and Disney and. A division of Disney said, "Move over now. We want you now." And so I was all buoyed and and sold up and rented out and did all of that and moved over in um, September 2013, a day before my birthday. And and um, three weeks later, I rang my agent and said, "Listen, you've spoken to this Disney group. Like, you know, I've told them I've moved here and I'm here." And and she said, "What?" I said, "That you know, the people I had the general with, and I that you got me the general." And and she said, "Oh, I don't remember that. Who was that?" <gasps> oh my god! And I said, "Okay, I've got a note. Here's the person to call." And you know, I don't know. Anyway, she rang me back a week later, and she said, "Oh, that division of Disney closed three months ago." No. So then I was here going, "Um, I've never been a waiter in my life. <laughs> what am I going to do?" <laughs> But. So, you know, for everybody who says, you followed your dream, I didn't. I just went one step to the next step to the next step, uh, you know. And in those days in Australia, having your own studio was, I mean, to my mind, it was a betrayal of all of the studios in the past who had <gasps> yeah. supported me for so many years. And um, so there were some studios who didn't want to use me because they didn't feel that they didn't feel that my studio was going to be of a, a good enough quality. I mean, that's all changed now, of course. Or there were those, you know, the clients couldn't find you because they'd previously gone through the, the studio. So then, what I started to do was I just call all my clients and say, "This is what I'm now doing," and and then um, I would then send it back through the studio and say, "I've just got this this." Job from DEF Incorporated, and um, could you please process it and send it to them and and keep the copy? So, so that's how I made it work. Ah, uh, well done. Because that's that's. I mean, yeah. I think we all go through that kind of. Oh, nobody's ever going to book me again because I've got a home mm. studio. But I purposely and set it up with Source Connect the second I got it, so that so that I'm not taking work away from studios. And but, yeah, but I I mean I I live in a house on a main street. I my house is the noisiest house in the whole world, and in lockdown, I couldn't even do an audition on my phone without hearing, you know, leaf blower, twenty five thousand buses, trucks, and, <laughs> and motorbikes, and everything else. And it is just one of those things. And I, I, I love, I love that I can now keep connected to everybody. And anyway, yeah, it's the way to go. It's absolutely brilliant. Love it. It is the way to go. I mean, unfortunately, I must say. As a professional, I I feel I'm going to call myself a, a professional snob, but when somebody says to me, "Oh, I'm a voice actor," you know, I've got a a paddle pop stick that plugs in via USB yeah, to yeah, my yeah, whatever. No, no, no. no. Um, no. And or they say to me, you know, you should do work on Fiverr. Oh and, God! Uh, <laughs> I know. 
No. And and I, I and I, you know, like I have problems that I have that reaction. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to be compassionate. I should understand something is there for everybody and what's meant for you won't go past you. But I think the industry is being fragmented not only by that, but also by a failure to recognize your rate. As I said earlier with radio sales, it's not that when somebody says we don't have a budget, they do have a budget. They're just spending it elsewhere. Exactly. And when yeah. somebody says, like I remember years ago, uh, someone said, um, oh, Ella, we're doing this documentary and uh, we're going to shoot it in Mudgee. And um, listen, we want you to do the voice for it. We're going to sell it to SBS. We don't have any budget for the voice, but it's going to be great exposure for you. And I went, oh, yeah. okay. So listen, how are you getting to Mudgee? Oh, we're driving. I said, so are you going to call in at the Shell Servo and say, mate, uh, listen, we're doing a documentary and we're driving to Mudgee, but we don't have a budget for gas. And he went, no. I said, well, why did you even come up with a spreadsheet that doesn't have a budget for voice? I mean, no, yeah. I'm not going to do it because the money that you lose, particularly as a woman, mm. when you set up your own business and don't take into account you're not paying yourself for holidays, you're not paying yourself for sick pay, you're not you know, putting away superannuation, da 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 da, da. Yeah. Uh, You've got to remember that every hour of, of every working day is costing you money to run. And uh, and it makes me makes me very angry. And I was recently asked to address a women's conference in Australia for free, um, talking about um, resilience, uh, which used to be I used to do corporate speaking, and it was a topic of mine to talk about resilience. And do you have anything new you'd like to talk about? And I said yes, I do actually. Women's empowerment. Oh, that's fantastic. We really love that, and so it's great. So where they're going to be surprised a little later in the year is where I stand up and say why women shouldn't do something for nothing, yeah. and why I'm doing something for nothing today is to make sure I can tell you never to do something for nothing again. People sometimes need to be reminded gently that we're people too. We're not just performing seals. And just because somebody is on TV or radio doesn't mean that they're earning an extortionate amount of money. Mm, And that's the other thing with voiceover. You know, so much of the beginning in this industry is, oh, you know, our course is $800, but you'll make that up with your first TVC. (laughs) Well, I didn't book a TVC for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got to... Something is only worth the value it is today and we are worth our value and if we are not worth the industry value, we shouldn't be doing the job. And if it took you three months to do your demo, the newbies are going to hate me for this, but if it took you three months of exactitude to do your demo, Mm. nobody is going to employ you to do a 30-second radio. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I'll offer anybody in the world encouragement, but when I see what my colleagues have gone through to stay relevant, stay trained, stay on top of it, to give their best, it's not not a fight I'm prepared to walk away from. Oh, my gosh. This is the beginning of a massive conversation, Um, and I agree with it 100%. And, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. It's just come back to me. When we were talking about numerology in my name, oh, yeah. I was at Song Zoo one day and Les Gott came up to me and said, what's your name? And I said, Ella James, still looking at him like he was in hush. And, um, <laughs> right? And um, I'll tell the young people of that today. I know. I know. But he said, what, what's your name? And I said, Ella James. And, and he walked away and then he came back about half an hour later and I was still sitting there and he said, that is a famous name. It should be wrapped on telegraph poles everywhere. That, and I see, thought, that's so cool. He is a very perceptive man, Les Gok. 
Yeah. He was yeah. the guy that gave me my first breaks as a really? session singer. Yeah. <gasps> he saw in me the ability to do all those things. He could play me as a singer and I could mimic them. So oh. I'm a mimic. I don't. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that, that was why, how, I, how I got into this world. And I loved finding the best possible thing for the script or the song or whatever it was. And I just mm. loved everything about it. So I digress. I digress. No, so. I, love, I love going somewhere for a short period of time, doing something, being cheered and then leaving. Oh, isn't it the best life ever? It's just amazing. I mean, yeah. that, that feeling of going into a studio, doing your job and leaving and everybody being happy with you and in such a short amount of yeah. time. That, and you don't I mean, have to see the same people every day and fight over who used the last of the milk and exactly. who touched my lunch. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're always the person that they're happy to see, you know, because they've booked yeah. you. They're happy to see you, you know. Yes. Oh, honestly, I I love this. I love this I love life it. so much. I always have. I've always been so grateful for it. It's just it's just yeah. the absolute best. So on that note, yes, um, <clears throat> I know you have done lots and lots of promos in your time, like a billion of them. And this promo is for a ridiculous show based on many other ridiculous shows. But would you like to give it a whirl? I'd love to give it a whirl. Okay, so. Um, can I do it in my Australian accent? Oh, please, please. I want you to do it as an Australian promo for like it's it's beyond Channel 10. It's for Mate 88, Mate, which is a oh, – um, you don't have to say it like that. You can say it however you want, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, but that's the I'd name of the – I'd never get <laughs> that's that That's the name of the um, – Get the, a big black dog up here. That's it, mate. Yeah. yeah beautiful. Yeah. If you can just go do it. I'll try. Okay. Tonight on the premiere and final episode of Celebrity Fake It Till You Bake It, can Betty White fake a baked Alaska? Will Will Ferrell finally fill his phyllo fingers with fairy floss? Can Lady Gaga grill her grated Gruyere gratin? Does Kim Kardashian care if a carrot cake is a car crash or a killer culinary creation? Find out tonight on the premiere and final episode of Celebrity Fake It Till You Bake It at 8pm on Mate 88. Mate. <laughs> How did you even do that? There were so think, many hard things. Can Betty White fake a baked Alaska? And you just you just did it. That was really I, that's hard. <laughs> yes, I'm that's really pleased that I did that. I was always well good at sight done. reading and I was always good. I was like a one error in twenty seven pages person for corporates. So I think, Ugh. you know, that I just I loved at school I loved reading out loud. And um, and I think uh, news reading and voiceover is is a, an extension of that, you know. And then trying to, you know. So here's the thing: when I was first working in voiceover, and the client would redirect, my first thought in my head was, "Oh, I got it wrong," and "Oh, they don't think I'm fabulous," and "Oh, oh, oh, why didn't I know to do it that way?" and and then, of course, you come over to LA where everything is a redirect. So you go in for an audition and you've, you've worked out who your character is, what she's doing there, what she wants, and, uh, and you play her accordingly and you lift those words off the page. And then the casting director says, yeah, nah, listen, she's far more assertive than that or she's, she's got a soft secret in there, you know. Oh. And, um, and so you quickly on the spot, you think, oh, gosh, okay, I have to change that. And then I actually went to a class specifically about redirect 
And, oh. uh, and he said that the trick is to repeat back to the casting director what they're asking you to do. So you, you're like, oh, okay, so let me just repeat that to you. You want her with a soft secret that she doesn't want to reveal. And she's a little bit more assertive in this line, but then she peels back because she's a bit frightened in this line. And, and they're like, yep, yep, that's it. And then you just do it because that's what it is. So there's no judgment, you know. But that that thing of taking what somebody advice. else has created, yeah, because yeah. it's their creation. Like I've worked with voiceover actors in Australia who've who've refused to do it the client's way. Whoa! Really? And I was in, I was I felt uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just your job. That is just your job. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you do it until they're happy, and they could they could make you want to sound like. I don't know, ridiculous, but if that's what they want, then... If that's what they want, do it. That, that's what you do. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. Anyway. Okay, on that note... So there you go. Yes, what now? What would well, you like now? <laughs> now I'm going to do exactly that to you. I'm going to do quick fire directions. So I just came up with your, your generic kind of lipstick tag. Okay. Be so, shiny. Be happy with new strawberry lip goo. You know you want to. So that's mm -hmm. that's just the line. So I'm going to quick fire <laughs> directions at you. Okay. So if you'd just like to start off doing it, well, I think she's she's hiding a secret and uh, she's uh, she's only mildly aggressive. Okay. <laughs> be shiny. Be happy with new strawberry lip goo. You know you want to. Oh yeah, like that. More saintly. Be shiny, be happy with new strawberry lip goo. You know you want to. Can you do it kind of more like like a pirate? Be shiny, be happy with new strawberry lip goo. You know you want to. <laughs> Can you do it like a matron? Be shiny, be happy with new strawberry lip goo. You know you want to. Excellent. Like a very hard sell. Be shiny. Be happy with new strawberry lip goo. You know you want to. Excellent. Now with um, emphasis on the product name and the third last word. Be shiny. Be happy with new strawberry lip goo. <laughs> you know you want to. That was... <laughs> not what you meant <laughs> no that was that was perfect um now can you do it as if you are a hypnotherapist be shiny be happy with new strawberry lip goo you know you want to wow i really do want to <laughs> uh can you do it like an elderly lady be shiny, be, be, be happy with new strawberry lip goo. You know you want to. <laughs> Can you do it sort of a bit like a mushroom, only cheerier? Be shiny, be happy with new strawberry you know you want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now maximum charm. Be shiny. Be happy with new strawberry liquor. You know you want to. Woof. 
That was amazing. Thank you. Um, still, I'd like to hear it like a, a grumpy parrot. A grumpy parrot? Yeah. Ah, be funny. Be happy with new strawberry lip gum. Ah, you know you want to. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like you've been rehearsing grumpy parrot. That's amazing. Oh, God. You know, <sighs> the, 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 the big difference here is we audition, right? Yeah. And it's not unusual to get three or four voiceover auditions a day and uh-huh. they're due the day or early the next morning. Um, and, of course, it's not like in Australia where you get a submission fee. You Sometimes. just do these and send them in, <laughs> do these. And s- oh, really, that's all changed, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, no, no, um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that was, a big, that was a big shock. And when I told my agent at William Morris, as I was at the time, I said, you know, we used to get 165 bucks for every submission in Australia. And he said, what? And I said, I know, I could retire on that. And he went, you could, so could I, you know. <laughs> Oh, my God. That was amazing. Thank you. I could have kept going, actually, because there's so many more possibilities. But your um, maximum charm voice is just like, oof. That was my thing. Linda Lemon captioned me the chocolate voice vixen at Foxtel. (laughs) And as a joke, I made that my Instagram handle. Oh, that is your Instagram handle. (laughs) That is still my Instagram handle. And she and I I worked together for 20 years. Right. And she wound up in the end, she would write for me. I mean, she's an extraordinary uh, filmmaker and producer, but um, she literally could write with my voice in her head. And it was so satisfying working together. Yeah. And... Then you get a new client who says, because uh, often I'll say to a client, well, look, I'll record something for you and send it through. And they say, no, 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 I want to be in on the session. And, you know, I'm pretty much a one-trick pony. And they know that. That's why they that's why they book me. But then they want to direct you in these, like almost like what you just did, like be a grumpy parrot. <laughs> and in the end, you do what you're going to do anyway. Yeah. But the nicest thing about that is the next time you work with them, they say, I'm sending you a script, send it back by tomorrow. So that's really just lovely yeah. to have that freedom. Yeah. And and I've had such lovely work here. One of the, the ones here that was really lovely recently was for the NFL draft, which is a big deal here for the football. Yeah. And um, ESPN hired me to do a piece on the NFL draft, but in the style of Lady Whistledown from Bridgerton. <gasps> and so, so I was ostensibly trying to be Julie Andrews. Yeah. And I do I do a little bit of mimicry as well, not like you, but um but I do. I get called in to do stuff. And I can't talk about most of it, but I can talk about this. And it was so much fun to do this in the style of and they called her Lady Whistleblown. <laughs> And uh, and it was very popular and so much fun, so much fun. But, yeah, I mean, Ella, but voiceover is the same job. all around the world. But it's it's still um, it's the same here as anywhere. The the studios, the clients have got to get to know you, mm. and they've got to they've got to have a good relationship with your agents. I mean, I've got perfect agents both here. Um, here I'm with ACM Talent, and in Australia I'm with Scout, yep. and I just love Heidi and Catherine so much. So um, they are on top of a changing industry, which I love, and um, and they get who I am, and I get who they are, and that's such a treat, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. It's so yeah. so important. 
you've got to feel like you, you somebody's got your back and yeah somebody and, and you, you can call them and have a not too long a chat because <laughs> those two are like crazy busy but yeah oh I don't know I keep them for up to an hour Oh like my gosh, Ella! Shut up and <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, keeping in mind, it's generally about eleven thirty at night when I get an urgent email saying, "Can you do this uh-huh. now?" And I check my email just before I go to sleep. Normally, I go to sleep at about ten, but I've got this thing where. I wake up, even though my phone is off, I'll wake up if I think an email has come. Ooh. Like call me, a, I'm not a workaholic, I'm really not, but I can get up, do a bit of a vocal warm-up just because I've been asleep. I don't normally fuss around about red leather, yellow leathers, but, <laughs> um, and do it and then go back to sleep again. And well, the yeah. only way I know I've done it is if I leave a post-it note on my computer in the morning saying invoice client, <laughs> you know, or make note of work or something like that, you know. So if you do have to get up in the middle of the night and quickly get your voice to a point where you can actually speak, how, how, mm-hmm. what do you do to warm up that, that quickly? Uh, it's all about me. Me, 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 Oh, oh. And trills. I really like a trill. A I red like leather, trill. yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather with a wide frog mouth. Oh, got it. So really okay. widen the ah. mouth because it really focuses more on the tongue. Um, and if all that fails, I'll have um, a, a snort of vodka. <laughs> which dries out the throat but makes you more relaxed about it. You're not so worried. <laughs> <laughs> Glass oh. of savvy beetle. Oh, no. Oh. Nice. Yes. So I've got one more thing for you, which is the Nonsense Poetry Jam. I don't know whether you want to do it as a as one of your characters. Have a little look. Oh, no, I think the words, you see, the words are so good. Okay. I don't think it needs any artistic fabrication, if you like. All right. Okay. That's how I feel. Oh, f- fabulous. Can I try it? And then you Please. can ask me to be a crazed parrot if you like. <laughs> no, I'm very happy for you to just do whatever you feel is the okay. correct thing for a nonsense poetry jam. Yellow. My grocery squid. From breath imply just metal. Momentarily Java nothing, ringtones. Gestational from pittance reviving crop. Llama of then minister embryonic, suppose. Do hesitation bro my goanna? Sorry farms, not ligament bill. Quench castles this lemon of newness. Palladium, if buttered for Kremlin. Barn. Vestry pickled, not bean hug. Sofa, ampule, fleece. Returned eyelash, anemone. Yes. <laughs> that oh, was, my gosh. That was just. That was so much fun. Isn't it ridiculous? I kind of, I this came about, I put a nonsense poem into a song once and the song was called Death by Ogden and you can do that in jazz. <laughs> Oh, God, I love that you can do that. Oh, wow. And, and oh, so clever. That's where it came about. I loved writing it so much. It's just the most ridiculous, but it's actually kind of, it's a really fun thing for your brain to try yeah. and put words together that don't rhyme, that don't have anything to do with each other, and then you put in the little the little words like not or and or of or it or and yeah. or whatever, and it just gives it, and it makes it sound like it should mean something. And you know well, yeah, from doing medical It gives medical meaning through tone. <laughs> Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. But also because because this show is all about voiceovers, it just shows how you can, because of your talent and your experience and 
all the stuff that you you can make this sound like it means something. And that's just does my heart. It just brings me joy. It just brings me joy, Ella. Does. I'm so glad. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it. all Thank about you. impacting everything that we do impacts someone. Yeah. And that's why they employ us. Mm-hmm. We're not just giving information over the phone of press one, press two. We need to have a voice that's going to keep them on the line. Exactly. And we need to have a voice that's going to encourage somebody to buy that car, get those glasses, drink that juice. And I don't take it that seriously when I'm doing it, but certainly I think the power of words is it's something you shouldn't be overlooked. And the other thing is, and this works into my life as well, it's a bit woo-woo, get your kale juice out. I was about to go um, a bit woo-woo in a sec too, yes. Yeah, oh, go on. Yeah. I um, created this thing years ago that I, that I said, I was nowhere, now here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing the different space makes. Absolutely. And I learned this first in yoga when you take a breath in for the count of four, say, and then you pause and then you breathe out to the count of four and then you pause at the bottom. And then as I started studying more, I learned that there is actually more that happens in the gap and that when you're paddling your canoe, you sometimes have to lift up the oars and just float with the current. Mm-hmm. And It looks like people are go-getters when they go, 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 and pivot, pivot, pivot. But I think the successful ones, and by success I don't mean monetary, I mean passion and joy in your heart and just pure love for what you do, comes in those moments where you're pausing. Yeah. And so in the same way that the difference between watching a rom-com and being in a relationship is that the rom-com is full of dialogue and the relationship is full of unspoken words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I've got to tell you, I can't tell you what it was for, but I did the biggest audition for my career today. Really? Yeah. <gasps> and it's a doozy and I can't wait to be able to tell you, but, I mean, I've done thousands of auditions here and I haven't got them for all kinds of reasons. I, I was, I'd spent a lot of time on this audition and... Um, I spoke to my agent and uh, I said, can you have a listen to it? And he came back to me and he said, you've, you've nailed it and, and um, I love the, the different takes and, it's, you know, fingers crossed and it's all good. And, and, and so I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited. That's so wonderful. I can't wait to ring you and say, guess what, I got it and guess what it is. But oh. that's the other thing, most of what I'm doing here, even like it might be an audition for film or TV or whatever, I can't tell you what it is. Yeah, you know? got it. You yep. sign NDAs left, right, and center. Yeah, so I find it really yeah. hard. I don't. I don't talk about a lot of the things that I've been doing for the same reason. It's not necessarily even if there is an NDA, but very often I just I'm not sure whether the documentary or the thing or whatever it is. I'm, I just take it as a as a given that they don't want it spoken about until it's mm-hmm. out there and done and whatever. So yeah. I, also, the uncomfortable thing about our industry now is that so much of our marketing has to happen online. And we're yeah. constantly making statements that purport to be who we are. And because that's the other thing, it's just me. And I've got great friends, but I don't have family. Mm. So there's nobody who has to love me. Yeah. So everybody who loves me loves me because they want to love me. And I'm so grateful for that. There aren't that many. I've got the five, the 15, and the 50, you know, like the five who the ride and die, and then you've got the 15 who are 
a little bit more removed from you and then you've got your 50, you know. Yeah. And they're, they're people that you admire tremendously but they don't know everything about you nor you them. Yeah. So it becomes very your, – your associations, your relationships with people become incredibly important. What I was going to say is um, you, you really, really have to learn those lessons hard and fast when you move to another country. And mm, because you know this, yeah. yeah. So this is why I have one of the very, very many reasons I have massive admiration for you because you just did that. Like it's what nine years ago now since you actually moved there, and yeah. I and the big, the biggest thing is I gave up my hairdresser. What did you do that for? Because <laughs> I moved countries. I know. You know? How good. I don't know where anything is. <laughs> Who's my doctor? This, everything is different. Everything is different. Everything. Mm. And just things mm. that you wouldn't even realize are going to be so. I mean, talking to phone companies and setting up bank accounts and all the things that you have to do. And then you suddenly have, then you have to somehow get through it all. Um, I want to hear your piece that you've prepared. But also, mm. I wanted to talk about your creation of shit voice actors say with Marcello mm. Fabrizzi and because it's just hilarious and I do want people to go and look at that it's it's on YouTube it's absolutely there's ta- I can answer that very quickly so please there was do. there was a thing going on social media and it was called shit blah do so it's shit girls say or yeah. shit skiers do or, and it was for everything yeah. and it was largely in America and I decided that I would do shit voice actors say because all voice actors ever say is is it quiet or is it just me <laughs> and that's all <laughs> guilty that right that's no matter what agency and I've been with some fabulous agencies that's what's being asked yeah and uh, and so I got together um, a selection of voice artists that I knew and um and Marcello uh, came on board, thank God, I'd known him for years, but he completely then took over the production and he shot it, edited it, added things, enhanced it, did what a producer does. He's just wow. excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of voice actors who were very disappointed that they weren't included, but it was just that I didn't know them, whereas I knew the Rick Herberts and the Anna Rubies and the yeah. Joe Vaness and, and so on. Um, so it was a question of who I knew. Next. <laughs> Well, it's fantastic and I just want to say you guys out there have got to look at this thing because it's hilarious and and it's it's hilarious because it's true. So if you're interested in being a voice actor, this, this is who you will end up being. Okay, <laughs> uh, next question because I can talk for hours. Okay, yeah. yeah. So what would you say was the worst, best or most ridiculous job you've ever done? There are no worst. I just couldn't even think of a worst. Okay. The funniest one, the funniest one was I was called to a studio in Potts Point. Um, it was arranged by Alex Matthews at um, EM Voices mm-hmm. and it was for the carpet cleaning company Brightex. Okay. And I recorded explainer videos in the style of German porn from the 70s. <gasps> what? <laughs> so that was really fun. It's all fun. It is Every all fun. Every single job. I just love it. So do I. I love it. Yes. All right. So you did you bring along some pieces to read? I did. I okay. did. So All so right. let me tell you, I have a favourite poem mm-hmm. and I get to read it a lot because a lot of people die and this is my favourite to send to people when people die. Okay. I have been asked to read it at numerous funerals but I can never even speak at funerals so I have never actually got through it. So I thought that I would do that today because many people 
have lost people at this time. Oh, they can't yeah. be with people that they're losing. So I thought that I would do that. And then to kick it up a notch, uh, because I don't collect books or poetry, I collect fridge magnets. So I get all my life advice from an adhesive <laughs> square. Great, great um, place to. Yeah, but okay, no, good. I, I, I really like Rumi, so I've got some of that. So let me, okay. I'll do this first one and then we can have a cry and then I'll move on, okay? Right. Sounds good. Uh, this is uh, by Mary Elizabeth Fry. Do not stand at my grave and weep. I am not there. I do not sleep. I am in a thousand winds that blow. I am the softly falling snow. I am the gentle showers of rain. I am the fields of ripening grain. I am in the morning hush. Beautiful birds in circling flight. I am the starshine of the night. I am in the flowers that bloom. I am in a quiet room. I am in the birds that sing. I am in each lovely thing. Do not stand at my grave and cry. I am not there. I do not die. Oh, thank you. You okay? Mm-hmm. It's a beauty, isn't it? Yeah. It's called um, Do Not Stand at My Grave and Weep by Mary Elizabeth Fry with an E. And I think it speaks just so beautifully of thank someone's you. passing. Now I'm going to cheer you up. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is my first fridge magnet. If I had a dollar for every time I thought about you, I would start thinking about you. <laughs> I sent that to a lover. He thought that was very funny. That kind it. of sealed our deal. Oh, um, gosh, that is now you're fantastic. Gonna, you? I was just going to say thank you, and um, and now I'm crying and laughing, which is which is which is a good place. Hey, to um, all the emojis. <laughs> so if the, I'm going to put all of the information about you in the show notes, including links to anything that you want me to link to, but particularly your agents and your shit voice actors say and everything else. So we can find you at Scout in Australia and ACM, ACM in, the States. In, in the States. I've got more to read. Oh, great. Oh, okay. I've got more fun. Are you oh, ready? awesome. I'm ready. I I'm want ready. you to play. Yeah. Now I need okay. you to sing with me on this one. Oh, okay, great. Do you know, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands? Of course I do. I was okay, six so this once. Is a, hello. Um, I'm in Hollywood. I'm six now, um, particularly with my cryo sticks. Follow me now on Instagram, Chocolate Voice Vixen. That's what so, I wanted. Okay, yeah. So um, you'll get it. You'll know this. Are you ready? Yes. Five, six, seven. If you're happy and you know it, overthink. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, overthink. If you're happy and you know it, give your brain a chance to blow it. If you're happy and you know it, overthink. Boom, boom. Beautiful. True. <laughs> and so my final thing is, because I knew you would some something meaningful, uh, from uh, Rumi, there is a voice that doesn't use words. Listen. Oh, yes. Mm. Love that. I just adore you. You're amazing. Thank you. Oh, thanks. You've Can you just... move over here? I need a friend like you. Well, look, <laughs> hey, that's what FaceTime's for. I'm just going to say thank you, Ella James. You're amazing. People can find you the chocolate. Chocolate voice vixen. And that is your your name on both. TikTok and uh, Instagram Got and it. Twitter and Facebook. I am just Ella James. Got oh, it. yes, and there is a chocolate voice vixen professional page as well where I occasionally host things. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. This has been so much fun. 
Take Thank care, you. darling. I will, and you. And um, and bye bye for now. Bye bye for now. Bye bye for now. Thank you for listening to Voiceover Voices. Scripts and concept by Kathy Ogden. Music produced by Grant Windsor and written by Jeff Franzel and Kathy Ogden. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Voiceover Voices Podcast. If you liked this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe so more people can find us. Be kind. Thank you. Thank you.